since the turn of the century, the country as a whole has seen a 33% increase in suicide, where Utah has now had four years of declining suicide rates. And that's not by accident. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and today, Representative Steve Ellison is joining us to share his expertise. Representative Ellison represents District 45 in Sandy and has been a champion for mental health policy in our state throughout his time in office. He has sponsored numerous pieces of legislation which have helped ease the burdens of those in our state with mental health challenges and is one of the most vocal advocates on the Hill in raising awareness of these pressing issues. Representative, thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Representative, it's it's pretty clear that you're passionate about mental health and, and all of these challenges that uh, are really afflicting many of citizens in our state. What initially sparked your desire to focus on these critical challenges? Yeah, thank you. So, I, I guess it really began as a child when my father lost one of his best friends to suicide, and you know nobody talked about it. And then I lost one extended family member, and then another, and then another to suicide. And after I got elected, I had a, a father uh, who'd lost his son that attended my son's middle school, uh, tearfully plead with me to do something about this issue after several students had died. And I was, I was completely clueless what, what to do, but was definitely motivated in particular by this father. And um, then was approached by uh, a very young constituent that was in the scout troop that I was leading at the time and said, these kids are dying in my school and nobody's talking about it. And his, his father was uh, incarcerated and he came from a difficult background. And I thought, you might be next. And so that motivated me to go talk to the principal. She had some great ideas. Uh, I was later named the middle school principal of the year with some of the mental health stuff she did. And I, I modeled my first bill after some things that my local school did to educate parents about the risks um, and how to better protect our youth. And um, that's kind of where it began. So over the past 10 years, Utah has passed over 40 bills and appropriated well over $100 million in funding to support mental health, more than any other state in the country. Why do you think Utah is leading the way on this issue? And what do you think that says about both our citizens and our state elected officials? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's absolutely been a, a collective effort over the past decade, and uh, legislative leadership has given strong support to this issue. And if you go back, and I actually went back and analyzed all those bills in terms of the vote count, and they're about 94% yes votes. And only a few bills, you know, if, if we would take a few bills out, it would have been almost unanimous on all of them. It's, it's not just a bipartisan issue. It's, it's a nonpartisan issue. I like to say it's a human race issue because it is. And um, I think that when people understand, if you look at, you know, some of our founding documents and we talk about life, liberty, and happiness, um, reducing suicide and improving mental health, fosters life, liberty, and happiness. And when you understand it's the leading cause of death for ages 10 to 24 in the state of Utah, nationally number two, um, that's, a, that's a public health crisis. And it's, it's catastrophic, every, every one of them. But you know, collectively, it's, it's immeasurable, you know, the, 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 the sadness and um, issues that, that, that suicide uh, causes in our society, not to mention 
the, the exponentially higher number of people that have attempted or considered ending their life or those who are just silently suffering without, you know, access or awareness of what might be going on in, in their, their life and their, in their, in their brain. So I think that it's an issue that people, well, I know have been reticent to talk about, but um, when I first started talking about it, so many colleagues came um, forward and uh, shared their stories with me. I learned uh, a, a number of my uh, colleagues in the legislature have lost children to suicide. And they've said, well, maybe I don't talk about this very publicly. Anything I can help you with, you know, let me know. And the reality is right now in America, about 40% of um, Americans are suffering from some form of mental illness. That used to be about one in five before the pandemic, but the pandemic has exacerbated the issue. And so it, it's, a, it's a pressing need. And um, I like to say that if somebody individually or their family hasn't been touched by mental illness or suicide, they're in a very, very rare category. So I think it's the, the nature of the, of, the, of the issue, the pressing nature of it, the life or death matter that has motivated me and my colleagues to do something about it. The thing that's so encouraging, though, that we're seeing now after a decade of work and investment is that it's paying dividends, and it's an issue that we can do something about. We've, interestingly, right, just as the pandemic was... Uh, ramping up in uh, this, the, the it was March of 2020, Angela, Dr. Angela Dunn came and spoke to our caucus about this, this new virus going around. And we're kind of like, was it, it sounds like it might be a big deal. And I told her privately, I said, you know, maybe a silver lining in this is people are going to pay greater attention to public health and that, you know, there are things we can do about these issues. And so while the pandemic is luckily kind of becoming more of a, something in the rearview mirror, uh, the issue of suicide nationally, it continues to climb. So um, I think those are some of the reasons that we've been so focused on it. And I think as we've seen the data that as we invest, that changes happen and lives are saved, um, it, it makes a huge difference. So you talked a little bit about you know, national trends and what we're seeing. You have 40% of, uh, of people throughout the United States are, are facing some sort of mental health challenges. Um, how is Utah doing specifically? And you mentioned a little bit about what our efforts have done to the rates in Utah. Can you talk a little bit more about how we are doing as a state? Yeah, sure. Well, my motto is uh, happy but never satisfied. And the, the, uh, the numbers that uh, are encouraging that were just recently released by the CDC for 2020 state-level data shows that Utah has now had four years of declining suicide rates, where in the past, since the turn of the century, the country as a whole has seen a 33% increase in suicide. So Utah now is, while the whole Rocky Mountain region has been traditionally above average, Utah is now becoming more of an outlier in our region with decreasing rates, and it's not by accident. Um, I believe that when the 2021 data is officially released, that that will show that that trend is continuing. So let's talk a little bit about some of those bills and policies that the legislature has passed over the last decade or so to really help drive down those trends. Um, you have one bill here, uh, House Bill 32 from the 2020 general session, uh, which created this safe UT and mobile crisis outreach teams in rural Utah. Can you talk a little bit about that program and what all that has done uh, to mental health 
uh, yeah. issues throughout the state. Yeah, so uh, in, it's interesting to note that HB 32, which I believe passed unanimously in both chambers, when we came back into special session when you know COVID hit really hard and we realized we need to cut the state budget because you know of uh, impending recession, that was basically the only bill that didn't have the funding cut because there was so much support and we realized that, wow, this might be needed now more than ever. So I uh, really credit my colleagues and and legislative leadership for not cutting the funding uh, for that bill. Um, HB 32 helped fund a statewide network of crisis receiving centers. As we've been revamping crisis services in the state, there's, there's three things we focused on. Someone to call, someone to respond, and a place to go. Someone to call is the, the Utah Crisis Line, which we've dramatically increased funding and staffing for. Someone to respond is the Mobile Crisis Outreach Team. And somewhere to go is the, are the crisis receiving centers, a number of which now have opened and the rest are under construction. This helps divert people from jails, where there's usually little to no mental health treatment uh, for you know, kind of low-level offenses uh, that are driven by a mental health issue. And it also diverts people from emergency rooms, which are much more expensive um, and from a clinical perspective, typically much less effective than a crisis receiving center. So HB 32 laid the groundwork for that. It also fund added on to the Safe UT program and added funding for a program called Safe UT Frontline, which is um, kind of the adult version of the uh, Safe UT program, which is for students, grades K through 20. Safe UT Frontline is for law enforcement, uh, firefighters. Uh, first responders, healthcare workers, all of those professions are very high risk for suicide due to the stressful nature and you know trauma that they deal with in those professions. And now we're starting to see utilization greatly increase with those professionals that are at risk. It, that bill also created the safe U, or excuse me the Utah Warm Line eight three three Speak UT is the number, um, and that um, is a statewide resource for anybody who just needs somebody to talk to. They're not quite in crisis. We want to keep them out of crisis. If they call the number and, and they are in crisis, they'll be transferred uh, seamlessly to the crisis line. And uh, we're seeing huge utilization in the, in the warm line. So those were some of the things that uh, the HB 32 did. Awesome. And are there any other specific bills or initiatives that you have championed over the last several years that you are particularly proud of in addition to this House Bill 32? Going back uh, several years before that, me and Senator Thatcher uh, sponsored the bill that created Safe UT, and we have typically over 4,000 Utah students a month using that resource that connects them with a licensed clinical social worker 24-7, 365 at no cost on an anonymous and confidential basis. So the amount of good that 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 program has done is amazing and is now trying to be replicated by numerous um, other states. A bill I ran to increase, dramatically increase funding for school counselors and resources for students that are screening positive for mental health issues. Um, I've received so many nice letters from superintendents and teachers talking about how many students have been helped uh, through that, that program. Now, you've been pretty heavily involved in the Live On campaign. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Initially started out as uh, matching funds from for the state funding to be made available. The private sector had to match it dollar for dollar, which happened within weeks after the passage of the bill. And we've now come back in and supplemented that. Um, hundreds of millions of impressions. 
and they, they have a focus every year in terms of educating people about what suicide prevention looks like um, at the friend and family level, what statewide resources there are, signs to watch out for, what to say. And that public awareness campaign has it's driven a lot of people to access the resources of the crisis line, the warm line, the, the mobile crisis teams, and uh, looking forward to continued uh, great messaging in advance of the rollout of 988 that happens this July, which is now people can reach the National Crisis Lifeline, uh, which currently that number is 1-800-273-TALK, very difficult to remember. Come July, that number will be easily accessed by dialing 988. That was federal legislation sponsored by Senator Hatch and Congressman Stewart that after me and Senator Thatcher couldn't get a three-digit number in Utah, we decided, well, if we can't get it in one state, we might as well get it in all 50. <laughs> and uh, that uh, will, will soon come to pass and will be an excellent resource for not only Utah, but for the nation. Uh, Representative, what else would you like to, to mention to members of the public during this Mental Health Awareness Month um, that you know the legislature or, or you personally would like to say to individuals out there who may be, ch- who may be struggling with mental health challenges uh, or who may be, have had somebody in their life that they care for struggle with these challenges? Yeah, so you know we've done a lot of things at the state level, but the reality is is the essence of suicide prevention happens one-on-one between parents and children, between friend to friend, coworker to coworker, and becoming better educated about what signs to look for in somebody, what to say to them, what not to say to them. Sometimes these things aren't actually very intuitive. Um, it's important to get that type of uh, training. Uh, uh, programs like uh, QPR stands for Question, Persuade, Refer. It's a one-hour course people can sign up for, watch a video online, taking a little bit longer course called Mental Health First Aid. Um, these are things I'd encourage everybody to do. It's kind of like training people on CPR. It's like you know having a, a government official sitting in an office that knows everything about CPR doesn't save the masses. But putting programs out to train the community on how to do CPR is what saves lives, and that's been our focus is to train the community on what to watch for, and then when they realize there's an issue – you don't have to deal with this yourself. You can, like I've done with, you know, friends and family, jointly call the crisis number together, stay there with them as a mobile team, crisis team comes out, uh, accompany them to a crisis receiving center if that's what's needed, but having the courage to ask the question, are you okay? Have you thought about taking your life and responding with empathy and non, you know, in a non-judgmental manner are skills that we still need to widely disseminate. Thank you, Representative. Uh, and we would like to encourage all of those who may be listening to take advantage of the state resources that we have, the, the Safe UT, uh, the Safe UT Frontline, uh, and the, the Warm Line as well, to be able to feel free, call in. Um, it's this July, right? For yes. The, um, actually, 980 is live on pretty it's much live. every cell phone in the nation. It's just not going to be officially marketed till in the future. But 1-800-273-TALK will always be available. It's the, the officially published national number. And the, the warm line is uh, 1-833-SPEAK-UT. Representative Elison, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much.